Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash iopanel. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. So, James, is that a uh, is that a keto lollipop you got there? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. This, this, I, I got to do this, too? Do what? I have to stop eating candy? Jesus. What kind of <laughs> diet is this? <laughs> everybody welcome back to another episode of the io panel this is episode number 36 recorded on sunday november 20th in the year of our lord 2016 with me as always is mr neil i'm sorry dr neil blevins esquire thank you sir (laughs) how you doing uh good actually i have um i've been thinking about christmas presents and I hinted at one earlier, but I think I know what I'm getting both you guys. Um, also, I've been listening to Architects in preparation for the concert that I'm coming up for in like four and a half months. So you can never start too early. Sounds good. And also with us is James. James, how you doing? Oh, what's up? All my titles and uh, Ricky have seem to have escaped uh, host one. Oh, I'm sorry. The man, the myth, the legend, Mr. James Brocious. In disgrace. (laughs) James, how are you? I'm good, man. And I wish I could be Evan. (laughs) (laughs) James, how was your weekend? It was good. It was good. Um, Was it good? Yeah, it was good. We worked it. We did some moving prep. We saw your awesome new apartment, and uh, how is it? It's 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 nice. The apartment is. Um, I, I think if the apartment's lacking anything, it's a balcony, but you can't really get around it there because there's just no you know there there's very few balconies in that building. But otherwise, it's a killer apartment. It's very nice, and that building is absolutely amazing. It's. You know, probably not worth every penny, but I feel like it's worth every penny just because there's so much on offer there. You know, have an awesome club room and, and all some cool. It's, it's a nice building. It's really nice. A 24-hour concierge. And it's I mean, close to everything. If, and it's close to it's a, it's a cross street from job. So I feel like if you're going to pay the money, if you pay the money and you get that much out of it, what Michael's getting out of it, then it's worth it. You know what I mean? And, and so that was a good that was a good time. It was a good experience in that place. And what else did we do? What's the feasibility of moving the piano? Hopefully they have an elevator. They can just roll it in. Well, the elevator is the one you rode in, so... They don't have a freight elevator, like another freight elevator? Nope, that's it. Oh, well. well I guess it'll go in there. It'll have to. <laughs> Either well or won't. Or it'll be now the... Uh, Michael will have to come down to the lobby and entertain people. It's a it'll gift. The, <laughs> yeah, it's a gift to the building. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, otherwise, otherwise, good time. What about yourself, Evan? Uh, well, I've already uh, Michael, recapped my week. Michael asked. I'm sorry. I thought <laughs> for some reason I was like, "Oh, Michael, uh, Evan is the host." What about you, Michael? Well, as you know, uh, we 
We were here at my apartment uh, trying to get ready for the move that was supposed to happen today. That obviously did not happen because we're grossly unprepared. So I canceled the movers. May or may not reschedule them for later this week. I might just end up going with the other option of unskilled labor <laughs> and renting a truck, which is probably okay. So, still got a lot to do here, but that's all right. We'll we'll get it done one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ordered internet service at the new apartment. I'm gonna have to be there on Wednesday to have the guy install it in an empty ass apartment. We just bring a laptop with you or something, or your phone. Yeah, yeah. I'll just bring bring a laptop over there. I Sounds guess. good. I mean, it's just install TV too. There's not going to be a TV there, so whatever. He's like, "There's the box." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Thank it's you very much. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, that's about it. Why don't we go ahead and jump right into the news here? We'll get right into it. Mm-hmm. So researchers at NIH have recently discovered a new antibody, which they call N6, which can neutralize 98% of HIV strains, including 80% of strains that were previously resistant to medication. So with, uh, like a lot of the other treatments that exist, the N6 antibody attempts to combat HIV by binding itself to the HIV cells before they can bind themselves to your normal immune system cells and compromise your immune system as a whole. Um, the issue with treatment in general is that the HIV virus is very adaptable in how it can rearrange its sort of like protein exoskeleton and employ different um, whoa, 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 what now? <laughs> well, it's it's protein envelope, it's outer layer. Okay. So, like, if it <clears throat> if one strain is easily um, combated by you know this type of protein bonding to it, so it can't bond to the immune cells, it may mutate, so that particular protein cannot stick to it, so it can then go bind to immune cells, stuff mm. like that. It, it's very adaptable in that manner. Um, but the new N six antibody um, appears to combat that very well and uh, get around those loopholes, if you want to call them that, or adaptations. So it may be used, and I say may, um, for prevention in the future and treatment. Um, I said may because this is these are lab results and have not been tested in live subjects yet. Um, but personally, I think the results look promising. So it's saving corpses left and right. Yes. Well, saving blood samples. Oh, okay. In Petri dishes and whatnot. Yeah, this is not the start to the zombie apocalypse. Sure, it's That not. we were all hoping for. Yeah, I was like, damn. <laughs> you know, when you were saying that this will bind to the thing before the thing binds to you, or whatever. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, this is like, this, for some reason this made me think of the movie The Big Hit. Where the guy has the Trace Buster, and then they have the Trace Buster Buster, and the Trace Buster Buster Buster, and all this other crap. Yep. And on it goes. Uh, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that is very interesting. I have been hearing 
stuff about this recently that they've they've I think they have they've been testing an an HIV like vaccine or something. Mm-hmm. So it's good to see that they're making a lot of headway in combating this disease, especially yeah. since it's seemed so like incurable for a very long time. Yeah, I mean it's so far incurable but treatable in a way so it may never develop into AIDS. Um now in 2010 there was a another similar antibody discovered that was a bit less effective and uh that apparently was able to combat about 90% of known strains. Hmm. So um the fact that you mentioned that there may have been trials perhaps it was using that version. Could be. Could be. Yeah. Of course, if you have enough money, I think you're you can stay pretty much AIDS free these days. Uh, yeah, I don't doubt that. Let's look at uh, what's his name, Magic Johnson. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a conspiracy theory that that whole thing was just a lie in the first place. For for what purpose? I don't remember. <laughs> But YouTube has the answer for sure. Oh, uh, okay. Well, we'll have to maybe we'll have to do a special report on that uh, yeah. <laughs> in a future episode here. Yeah, we are the number one internet health podcast after all. It's true. Health science and uh, internet doctoring. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I see here that uh, Microsoft's losing their minds. They are embracing the future, my friend. Not losing their minds. Although okay. they have taken a significant uh, turn from Bill Gates and Steve Ballmer's leadership over the past, you know, few years. Um, so Microsoft recently announced that they were joining the Linux Foundation for real as a platinum member. And uh, that honor comes with an annual enrollment fee of a cool half a million dollars. Really? Mm-hmm. Which is actually pretty reasonable. I mean, it's nothing for Microsoft. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so in recent years, Microsoft has made gestures toward to the open source community by such things that we've talked about as integrating Bash into Windows 10 or and PowerShell in their anniversary update. Or maybe even it was before that. Um, bringing SQL Server to Linux and uh, even open sourcing parts of the .NET platform um well they've done that and then they also open sourced uh PowerShell now. I wasn't aware of that. Yep. Excellent. Yeah, so I mean they're they're making moves to to integrate themselves in the future of big business IT, not counting, you know, desktop and laptop stuff, but the um the infrastructure of the internet and IT technology uh in general. The the new CEO, Satya Nadella, is very big on that, apparently. Um, I think they're also not really developing future desktop operating systems. They might have one one iteration after Windows 10 or maybe even two, but uh, I think they're pretty much done with new operating systems. Um, What does that mean? That might be in our special report as well. But I heard mention of that actually not long ago. So getting out of the operating system business and moving more towards services and stuff like that. 
Um, obviously, to do this, they must have some sort of profit in mind or profit motivation. I don't know exactly what it would be other than to stay relevant and, you know, gain some some footing in the open source community, you know, from which they've been demonized for a long time, you know, for good reason. Um, anything else? Oh yeah. Some of the other platinum members are Cisco, HP, IBM, Intel, stuff like that. So I guess what they do, hmm? Oracle, Oracle. Yes. Google, Facebook are gold gold members. members. Yes. Now they're like, yeah, we'll just put a, we'll give you two fifty or whatever, (laughs) whatever that would cost. Maybe they're, they're like on the CC line of all the updates to the Linux kernel. While the, the Platinum members are in the two line. Hmm. Uh, but surely various contributions from all these companies go into the kernel and aspects of Linux development, you know, for the betterment of hopefully every company. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking here on the LinuxFoundation.org website. Mm-hmm. So Platinum members, yeah, they have, you know, Cisco, HP, IBM, blah, blah, blah. Then Gold members... I mean, if you look at gold members and then silver members, this is damn near like every technology company. Pretty yeah, because much the majority of the internet and services on it run on open source. I mean, there's everyone here. Red Hat is here. Centrify is here. I'd be surprised. Is Red Hat not a platinum member? They're a silver member. Hmm. BMC know. is here. SUSE. NetApp. You know. Panasonic. All the major players. Yeah, I mean, even Nissan. I mean, it's, everybody's on here. Cool. Everybody. Well, that's good news for all of our futures. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <clears throat> all right. Speaking of good news for the future. Yep. Mr. Elon Musk, our lord and savior, a.k.a. the next supervillain. He is planning to put 4,425 satellites into orbit, which is more than currently there are not that many satellites in orbit right now. So he's going to double, double it. Oh, yeah. It's more than double it. I mean, oh, okay. This is for his global internet plans? Yes, this is to supposedly provide the system is designed to provide a right a wide range of broadband and communication services for residential commercial institutional governmental and professional users worldwide does it say how big the satellites are and presumably they'd be like the size of a radio controlled car or a you know DJI phantom or something they if he's going to put up 4500 of them they can't be large it would weigh 850 pounds each. Jeez. I mean, that's not bad. No, but still. You may the, is it talk about the dimensions? Yeah, that's a lot of, was it space garbage? Yeah, I don't think they're going to let, and it's, space is already full of trash anyway. Like, I don't think there's enough room in space to, to sustain 4,000. Oh, satellites. there's room, my friend. No, not around the, not around the planet, I doubt. Well, I don't sure. know. We don't know where he's going Well, definitely not in low orbit. I mean, if they send it out far... Well, it says here 715 miles to 790 miles above oh, so, the Earth. Oh, so way out. It's been a That's way pretty out. far. 
That's way out, yeah. yeah that's, that, that should work. Because it's what, um, how many miles is it to get to, like, low orbit, like? Technical outer space is about 60 miles away. Yeah, so 400 miles away out of the, out of, out of the, uh, from. Well, 700 miles. 700 miles is, like, nuts. <laughs> it's, there's no, nothing out there. They said this will increase if they if they go ahead and deploy all these satellites, this would increase the number of satellites there are by over three hundred percent. That's all right. <laughs> Is there anything that would prevent him from doing this? Um, do you have to clear it with the FCC or NASA or some shit? There's a treaty. About it says um, he's he's uh. He filed an application with the FCC, and I'm not sure why he needed to file an application with the FCC, unless it's just for the internet aspect. I mean, it'll still have to use some spectrum of over the airwaves. Yeah, that's got to be what he's doing it with, because there's there's no there's no law. I mean, if if you have the power to get something up there, you can do whatever you want. Like, who's there's no one to enforce it. Like, you can't have people living up there. This who's gonna enforce it? You know. And there's we'll only, up the space police. Yeah. Woo, woo, woo. Uh, the only, <laughs> the only fucking, the only group up there is like, look at you. I see you eyeball your soundboard. He's like, what's right for this moment? <laughs> <laughs> no, I went to sleep. Sorry. Um, no, I was like, uh, the only thing there's a treaty. I forgot what it's called. The whatever space treaty where they said, you know, you can't put any, you can't militarize space. Oh, I'm right. sure some congressman's going to be. Someone's going to complain about it. Someone's going to, you know, some left wing or or ultra right you know conservative will be like jesus will can't see us because of the satellites you know <laughs> or some sh- some such nonsense but you know our salvation's whatever. being deflected yeah exactly christ tried to come but he couldn't see in so he left <laughs> wait yeah. i have something for that did you come there you go mm. <laughs> Uh, we're having fun, guys. I bought a piece of soundboard software and cut up some old clips. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, would you, do you get? Do you guys think this makes Elon Musk a supervillain? Yeah. He's basically uh, the supervillain from uh, Her Majesty's Service or whatever that movie that just came out. Yeah, I was just thinking he's yeah. Samuel L. Jackson. He's basically Samuel L. Jackson from that movie. Like all he has to do is give everyone a free phone, and then uh, do something horrible. That's yeah. He'll have the capability to do that. Yeah, and he'll be able to do that, which would be awesome. Like give everybody a phone, and hey, we all got free internet. Like, like honestly, if he pulls this off, he could disrupt the way we do things forever. Because just think about this: like free, like you, everyone has a sat phone. Well, who said it needs to be free? It doesn't have to be free, but I'm saying. But I mean, if, even if you charge three hundred dollars for the sat for a sat phone. That gave you moderate level connection speeds, or not even a sat phone, but you connect to a satellite, you connect to a, a 3G or 4G network that then collects, connects to those satellites, okay? And you can talk to anybody within your area, but it's also easy to talk to people outside your area by just bouncing up to one of those mini satellites. I mean, mm-hmm. it, this would be a genius plan, man. So um, it's like a secondary internet backbone? Yeah. And this is going to help him facilitate his plans to uh, get out of world domination. Well, that and to get out of get off the planet, you know. 
I mean, I think if he, I think he's smart enough to know that he's never going to get the one world government that it will take to get humanity truly into space. So he's probably going to build this infrastructure himself, and by the time he's fifty, he'll be ready to be out of here, like be ghost. You know, just fucking pack his shit, take his ball, and go go to Mars. And he'll be sure to drop a trail of these same communication satellites on his way to Mars, so we'll have a, a nice quick link. Yeah. I hope they can freeze me by then so I can wake up like 300 years after he's gone to see what happened. I, don't I think, think they that's can freeze you now, can't they? Yeah, but they only freeze your head or something. I don't know if no, I mean, the problem is not with the freezing. The problem's with the thawing. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Because if you freeze something, it pierces all the cell walls. Yeah. So when you thaw, you're just jello. Ugh. But can they freeze you so fast that it doesn't happen? They can do that with vegetables. <laughs> and they can probably do it with you, and you'd become a vegetable. Oh. <laughs> Maybe if uh, if you ingested some chemical and froze you simultaneously from the inside out and the outside in. Arsenic? Yeah, arsenic. Yeah. Some <laughs> developed chemical called cyanide. Yeah. <laughs> Put you right to sleep, and you'll wake up in a whole new place. Sure will. Well, uh. You'll wake up in the buffer zone between Elon Musk's satellites and God. Yes. Also known as purgatory. <laughs> yeah, the digital, the new digital purgatory where Elon. The Musk Great is. Barrier yeah. at the center of the galaxy. Where yeah. Elon Musk charge you ten dollars a month. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. How does he have money to do these things? He sold PayPal. He sold PayPal. Did, did they make him like a trillionaire? Like it, Hyperloop, <laughs> Tesla. Is it a trillionaire? Fucking, well, I mean, 4,500 well, well, satellites. I mean, he has, so he has Tesla, right? Yeah. He has SpaceX, which is, of course, how he's going to do this. And, you know, you know, SpaceX is... As far as I know, they're making money. I don't know if they're profitable. Yeah, I'm assuming I think they are. They're the only uh, <clears throat> delivery method to the International Space Station, and they launch well, out of Russia. Well, they're not the only delivery method, because the Russians are still sending shit up there. Okay. Themselves, but no, you're right though. SpaceX is sending stuff up there. They do have a contract to send stuff up to the International Space Station, although they are doing it as of this year. They are doing it um, from the U.S. Okay. So they're able to use launch facilities that normally only NASA would use. Presumably not Cape Canaveral, but maybe uh, there's other launch sites in well, like, Texas. Well, I think they're, I think they're going to use Cape Canaveral, and I think they're going to use um, the one in California, Vandenberg. Okay. There's Vandenberg. Normally, it's just it's just satellites, you know, that go up from there. It's not like space shuttles or anything. Gotcha. All the space shuttles have always gone up from Cape Canaveral. Um, in fact, James and I were just talking about this. We wanted to see if we can go see one of the launches at some point because there's a April. facility down here called Wallops Island. April 17th. Yeah, didn't you miss one recently? Yeah. Yep. Well, they they had rescheduled it to the next day anyway. So even if oh, I had okay. tried to go to go there, <laughs> I would have missed it. So. So it's a good thing it didn't go. Um, they're doing a full launch, though. They are doing some kind of launch in April, but they're doing like a full, full launch in June. Um, so we might try to hit that up. But we'll talk about that later. So, yeah. So fun stuff. 
So Evan, yeah, he's he's got money. Oh, and he's got Solar City. Yeah, but do they make money? Oh yeah. My opinion is that for the most part, all these companies are basically great, and sure they have investors, but to to set up their infrastructure and pump out these products, they're like hemorrhaging money. But maybe that's a misconception. Well, I know Solar City. Solar City makes money. They they've been actually doing good business for several years, at least two or three years now. Um, I don't know about Tesla. I'm assuming like Tesla, Tesla makes money just because the cars are so damn expensive. But yeah, but I, I, I could be wrong. I don't think that for some reason I don't think they're they're profitable. Uh, SpaceX is definitely profitable. Mm-hmm. SpaceX, you know they they have the government contracts, so they're definitely making money. Um, but, uh, maybe Tesla is too, but either way, I mean, he, he, he came out, you know, a millionaire several times over from the whole PayPal thing. Then you have investments and he has a bunch of, I mean, these, these guys don't leave, they don't leave, they don't take 300 million out of a company and then say, okay, I'm going to sit on this until I start my own new company. No, they reinvest in other companies and invest in new startups and all kinds of stuff. So he probably has income streams from all over the place, you know? Yeah. Very true. Very true. So, Elon, if you're out there, we've got a great idea. To help you make some money. Fucking white people. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a great idea, all right? We could come work for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just let we'll us be, watch. Yeah. We'll be, like I like to say, we'll be gophers. Mm hmm. I can get a mean salami sandwich. Yep. But like, oh, just send James. He'll go get coffee for everyone, donuts, whatever right. you need. Absolutely. Pick up the dry cleaning. <laughs> Just take me to space, man. I'm just trying to go to Mars. That's all I'm trying to do. I want to die on Mars. I want to die here and have all the undesirable people die on Mars. Well, but as we've discussed previously, that won't happen. Yeah. Hmm. They tried that once. It's called Australia. Ooh. Yeah, and Australia, Shots if you look fired. at it now, is great. Michael, what's the one that just launched yesterday? So that's the Goes R. So that's a new satellite that was launched yesterday, and it's being run by NOAA and NASA jointly. And it's basically a new weather satellite. Who launched it? Who launched it? The ULA. The United Launch Alliance. That sounds like some supervillain shit right there. ULA, (laughs) which is a a joint project of... uh, who is that? That's Lockheed Martin and, and Boeing or something. And Boeing, yeah, yeah. exactly. And they're the ones who have like the Atlas V and Delta II and all that kind of shit. Those rockets. So yeah, they just launched that. Uh, we missed that, uh, unfortunately, James. We didn't watch yeah. it live. Yeah. But um, that's up there now, doing its thing, saving the Earth. Was the launch broadcast live throughout your office? Well, it was. It would have been. In fact, they had the auditorium reserved and everything because it was supposed to be on a work day. But the launch ended up being delayed until yesterday, Saturday. So. If if you had watched it at work, though, you would have stood up from your desk, looked up to the screen, pulled off your shabby hat, held it clutched in your hands while you sweat as you watched because the Noah satellite. You're like, will the launch take off? Will it happen? You know, and you're sweating, and you got your hat, and then it goes off, and then you leave the atmosphere, and you look at your coworkers like, "Yes, goes our goes!" Woo! 
You know, like, w- would that happen? Is that how it happens? Is it like mission control in your office? Unfortunately, no. Not, not, <laughs> not in my office. Or do 99% of the people give zero shits? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that yeah. is a correct statement. Um, in fact, I don't know anyone who works in that part of NOAA that deals with the satellites and everything. But it is a thing. Well, sounds like you've got some new contacts to make. Mm-hmm. That's right. <sighs> okay. So I guess my turn. Um, I've got a couple things on this, actually. Uh, I didn't realize this. So I just saw this. Here's the thing. I just ordered a Google Home. Okay? It's going to be here Monday or something like that. What? Yeah. Um, because I ordered it. I ordered it back in August. But Google didn't... Google didn't know. I didn't know. I ordered it in September or October, beginning of October, and Google didn't charge me for it. And when they tried to charge me, I was broke. So then they just sat. It sat in a holding pattern. It was like, it was like, yo, you order shipping. It's shipping. It's shipping. It never shipped. I was like, what the hell's going on? So then I reordered it on Friday. It was only 129 bucks, cheap, you know. So I ordered that, and because I'm like, I'm a Google guy, you know. I'm a Google. I'm a Google. I'm a Google fuck boy. I love Google, you know? <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to get it. You know, fuck Alexa, I'm getting Google. And everything that I watched online was like, Google's better than Alexa. You know, everybody said that. So here's the thing, okay? You backed the wrong pony. Uh, you know what? Until just before this show when I found this link, I feel like I did back the wrong pony. So allrecipes.com, honestly, one of my favorite sites for recipes. It's one of many that I like, but this is probably the best one because this is a site where you could say, all I have is this, here's how much time I have, whatever, and it will shit you out a recipe, okay? This, they did everything right. They made an Alexa skill, which is this skill system is a system that's designed for uh, Alexa to talk, for, for people, for developers to make things to work with Alexa. So they made an Alexa skill that... Uh, and if you watch the video, the lady says, all I have is chicken and mushrooms. And Alexa's like, okay, here's recipes with just chicken and mushrooms. And she says, this is what I recommend. It takes 45 minutes. And the lady's like, I only have 30 minutes. And Alexa's like, okay, I found one that takes 35 minutes and only uses chicken and mushrooms. And I was like, just that alone, without seeing any other features, that alone was for, for me, like, blew me away. You know, because like that is something I so like, can you imagine like Evan, you cook. Okay. Can you imagine like, you know how much, you know what it's like, like you search recipes and you're like, okay, I'm looking, looking, looking. And that's part of the fun, right? To find the recipe that like for me, when I make something um, for Thanksgiving or something to take to my mom's house, which I've only done like once or when I'm cooking for friends, which is only like only been a couple times. But when I, ha- when it happens, I want to make something that blows their minds all away. You know, I want them to be like, this motherfucker can cook, you know? So then you search, you know, you're looking, you're looking, you're looking, you know, it takes three or four days of planning to find the right recipe. And then, you know, you got to go to the store and get all the shit together. You know, if you had a tool that would aggregate all that away from you or in a crunch time situation, you know, you know how many times I would use a recipe if I didn't have to search for it? If I could say, I have this, 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 and that, what can I make? You know? And people are coming over, you know, I would, I would, I would cook something exotic every night, you know? So I, I'm honestly just like, 
blown away. I listened to the video, and they, it's beautiful. This is like the this is the kind of thing that I would buy an Alexa for. Now, here's why I say that this is an Alexa. Uh, I, I say in the uh, in my link, I say Alexa in the show notes. It says Alexa delivers the killing blow. The reason why I say this is because two reasons. One, the skill is free to add to your Alexa. Okay, which is awesome. Two, they ask the they take they leverage contextual uh, questions to a way that's like very smart, and then they use all the questions that you can ask it are just right. You know what I mean? It's not like uh, see. My fear was this is going to be kind of thing like, okay, what are the best recipes? It says this, this, and that. You know, whatever. And so you say, okay, I need chicken recipes. I need chicken recipes with mushrooms. Okay, and it gives you a bunch of other recipes that have chicken and mushroom, but a bunch of other shit. No, it says, all I have is chicken and mushroom. Okay, here's recipes that just involve this. It would be a very horrible, plain-ass recipe, but (laughs) there's a recipe that just involves chicken and mushrooms. And it takes 45 minutes to cook. I only have 30 minutes. Okay, no problem. Here's a recipe for 30 minutes. There's three other recipes you want to try. I can give it to you. Do you want step-by-step instructions? I'll give you step-by-step instructions. You know, um, it, it's, let me look here at the, now your link says Alexa delivers the killing blow, but you said that you bought a Google home. Yeah, I bought a Google home, but this is a reason for me to buy an Alexa. Like okay. I, I'm not going to buy one, uh, but they are on sale right now. So maybe if I have a little extra cash, maybe I'll pick one up. Um, they're on sale for black Friday, but this kind of, but, 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 but got, but you know, for sure, between now and Friday, I'll be looking to find out if I can use this on Google Play. You know? Yeah. And I'm sure something like this will exist for Google Home soon. Um, if it doesn't already, you know, just by some other product name. Because I think the Google Assistant is contextually better. So it if I say, like, you know, call... If I have all of your information in my... Uh, in my contacts in my phone or something and I'm using Google Assistant and say call James and you don't answer for some reason I'm like oh I wonder if it's his birthday and they'll say when is James's birthday it knows that I'm still talking about you or say when is his birthday and it knows I'm still talking about you so it's contextual um, question and answer is much better than you know Siri or Cortana yeah and that's Alexa is um, not good at that so that's why people say Google is better. The contextual is better. The conversation it's conversationally better than Alexa. Um, Alexa has all the hallmarks of a product made two years ago. You know, when Google Home had all the advantages of watching Alexa and building on top of that, building on a concept on top of that. But Google in the past has said some very stiff and rigid things about um about these kinds of AI assistants, which is like, you don't want it to have a personality. You want it to uh, ask to tell you who won the basketball game and what the highest scores information was, you know? And that's one thing that Apple understood. I think people do. Like, we've been trained for years that computers are going to be our friends. We're going to talk to them and ask them useful questions. People do want to talk to their computer. People want to say, hey, Benny, what's up? And they want Benny to have been updated today with the latest colloquial sayings and say, I'm chilling, B. Ha, 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 Did you find that funny, bitch? Like, they want their <laughs> computer to do that because it's just a fucking funny, stupid thing. Do you know how many people, you know what people most of the time do with Siri? 
where can I find a prostitute? Just to hear Siri list off a bunch of escort places because mm-hmm. she understands that, you know? Um, the other link that I put in my thing, I'll just discuss it really quickly, is a, a video of a guy who, he's on, uh, I think it's on CNET. Let me see. It's got, this video has 27,000 views. And, you know, the guy asked, asked Alexa the value of pi. And this video is a minute and 35 seconds. The first six seconds are him asking about pie, and the rest of the time is her giving him pie. She's like, blah, blah, blah. And at the end, she's like, she's like, 600 kajillion, 800 billion billion. It's like crazy. I'm like, what is this? You know? And it, huh? it was like, uh, what was the question? It was like, what is pie? Yeah. What's the value of It'd pie? It'd be like, 3.14159. But pie is also delicious. That'd be great. And that's one thing, like, and not in this particular case, but, like, that's something that Google Home would do. Like, Google Home is, is designed like that. Mm-hmm. But it's, ultimately, it's not smart. It's just, like, some rigid, it's, like, some pre-whatever done. I mean, I, you know, you guys should listen to it if you get a chance, but it's, 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 it's in the show notes down there by my name. But, uh, so Alexa the- is updatable. It's upgradable. They keep pushing updates to it. The only thing is, Alexa's tied to Amazon, which I find very creepy. You know, I, I, I even though I probably shouldn't, I trust Google more than I trust Amazon. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I feel like Amazon is really, really gonna just—they're just trying to make money, and they'll just do whatever they have to do until they get caught. I feel like Jeff Bezos is less scrupulous than the people at Google who aren't really, hmm. you know. See, I, I, I don't think that at all. What do you think? What do you think? I think they're probably all equally unscrupulous. It's very possibly true. Perhaps. Very possibly true. Now, one thing, uh, expanding upon what you're talking about with the the all recipes skill, yeah. instead of saying what you have and it, uh, you know, searching through a database and giving you possible recipes, if you could say. If you plan for the future or something or the next week and say, show me chicken dishes with six or fewer ingredients that are ready within an hour and it gives you a list and you scroll through the list and be like, oh, these two look delicious and you click on them and then somehow those um, are ordered at your local grocery store, like all the ingredients in the appropriate amounts and then you go pick it up. Because at the grocery store here, Kroger, they have something called Click List, which I'm sure is in place in a lot of other grocery stores, where you basically order online, schedule your pickup, pull into some parking spaces, and they bring your groceries out to you. That's pretty cool. So if you could go through recipes, pick ones that you want, and have all of the ingredients ordered for you, I think that'd be neat also. Well, here, I know you could, with Giant, you can do Peapod where they deliver them to you. Yeah, but you still have to go pick them. I mean, not to the store, but you have to pick them from the website. If there were some, like, downloadable database, like, I'm going to shop at Giant, you know, if they interface with Peapod at all, click on, like, buy recipe, and all of the, you know, seven ingredients are added to your Peapod list. That'd be cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's probably not that difficult to do. 
Just guessing. Honestly, no. Honestly, you know, you could take a four... And this is, like, way off track. Like, this is the kind of off-the-rails shit that I was just talking about earlier that you shouldn't <laughs> do. But I just imagine a six-by-six six room with um, one wall dedicated to major spices. And the spice things are the size of this cup and maybe this tall... You know, like mm-hmm. maybe like eighteen inches two, tall, eighteen or so. inches tall or so, and there's a thing inside that measures out. It goes open, and it dumps like a little capsule, boom, like that. And then, so you you put your order in, it routes it to your local store, and it says, "Okay, we need two ounces of coriander, salt." You know, and then the guy just walks in, snatches everything out of the pipe, and then fucking throws it in your bag. You know, goes grabs a chicken, go grab this, go grab that, done. You know, like, that's that Blue Apron situation that we all... I mean, I don't know if you've tried Blue Apron. I've wanted to try it, but it wasn't where I used to live. Now, it's. I think I can probably get it, so I might try it. Yeah. But um, a friend of ours tried it. Things. Yeah. And they give you... So there's no waste. Like, that, to me, is exciting. Like, I hate having a spice cabinet. It's cool. Actually, no. It's cool having a spice cabinet full of cool, weird stuff. But uh, I think Evans, like me, sometimes will, like, try something. Yeah. And then we have like three, like, you know, four pounds of black rice left over. I'm like, <laughs> what am I going to do with black rice? You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, or like two bags of, of dried seaweed. You know, it's like, that's great that we made sushi that day, but now we have dried seaweed in our refrigerator in, my, in our house. So we're like, what am I going to do with this now? You know? Then you try to throw seaweed and all kinds of other shit. Like, yeah, I'm guessing, I'm guessing I'm making chicken and seaweed tonight. Yeah, exactly. And I've done that. I mean, I, I seriously, I used all the seaweed up just wrapping, like using it with weird stuff. So that would be awesome, man. I mean, if anybody wants to finance that idea, it's brought to you by IOPanel. It's our idea. We'll we will deploy the systems to your office. They're called Spice Systems. Um, we've got plans. I didn't Space make it up on the fly just now. Yeah, the the, the machine's called Shai Halud. Okay, <laughs> just uh, give us a call. We'll set you up. Okay, Giant, Kroger, anybody else? Awesome. Cool. Well, all right. Should we move on to some Stranger Danger? Yeah, what do we got here? Um, James, you might be somewhat familiar with the risks involved in this. Um, there's a new program, I'll call it program in quotes, called Poison Tap. That run. It's a small Linux distribution, Linux-based distribution that runs on a Raspberry Pi Zero that can be had for five dollars. And what it does is, when you connect it to a system's USB port, it once again acts as a network controller of sorts. So, um, all that's you know, Windows in particular will install drivers even if the screen is locked. So it has everything ready for you when you're back to the computer. So it will install this fake network controller and that network controller will begin intercepting unencrypted traffic, posing as a DNS server, stealing cookies um, with, you know, certain personal login information and it sends all that back to a web server or some server um controlled by the attacker quote unquote attacker in addition to that it also installs a backdoor on your system that makes that system and everything on its local network remotely controllable by said attacker oh, Jesus. yeah now 
that's a very basic description of what this does. Um, another podcast I watch on Jupiter Broadcasting called TechSnap has a very detailed explanation, which I will link in the show notes. And like any sort of wall that you would put up in front of this device or a way to try and combat this, it's smarter than that wall and figures out a way to get around it. Um, You know, all this running on a $5 device. I mean, like what, PFSense and stuff like that? Is that what you mean? We'll go around that. No, like... um, You mean some software, a piece of software that blocks... Well, I... I encourage you to watch the video. I'll put it in the notes. Um, I don't want to butcher the explanation, um, but basically it's way smarter than anything uh, like this I've seen before. And I, I brought this uh, up as it may be being familiar to you, James, because didn't you buy a device? Yeah, I bought a land not long turtle. Ago? Land turtle, that's the name. Um, still have did, it? Yeah. Yeah, did you ever get to try it out? It's right here. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, similar. Plug it in. It's a fake network adapter. Captures, you know, user data and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Get a chance to try it out. Uh, I haven't tried it out yet. I'm, I'm gonna set it. I'll set it up tonight and take it to work. I've been meaning to try it out. This is a this is USB Ethernet adapter on there. Mm-hmm. That's all it says. Yeah. Yeah. It just looks like one. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see um, what secrets and that you, reveal. Probably, probably should, the should... high, highly technical setup guide. <laughs> Plug it in. Yeah. <laughs> you probably should not take that to work. Well, no, I, uh, I'm going to. <laughs> wait, 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 ready? Shut the fuck up about your goddamn business. There we go. There we go. Oh, my. <laughs> James from the past puts Michael in the present in his place. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, all right. But, uh, Poison Tap, I don't think it will be a risk to any of us personally, but... It's so easy to conceal this into, um, you know, like a new USB type C dongle or something for the new MacBooks because those things are huge because they only have, you know, one port or two ports. So they'll often break out into like HDMI, a couple of normal USB ports and the boxes for them are quite large. So you could fit a Raspberry Pi Zero into that. So if you're like at Starbucks uh, drinking a pumpkin spice latte... You're a basic bitch. And someone next to you asks <laughs> to borrow your charger for their MacBook or something. You could give them this, and uh, then you begin taking over their system. They'd be like, That's this isn't a MacBook scenario. charger. <laughs> what is <Right>. this? <laughs> well, it still charges it, though. But, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Very interesting. So that's all I have. This yes. thing, is it? Um, I did. I actually saw this earlier this week myself. Mm-hmm. It looked interesting. Is it? Um, so is it all? Is it required? Is it just you need a Raspberry Pi and then you just download some software to it, kind of thing? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I guess from my understanding, it's just it's a distribution of sorts. Oh, okay. And I mean, the reason it's mentioned you can run in our Raspberry Pi is because a Raspberry Pi is five dollars. Well, if you go to Micro Seven, they're ninety nine cents. Are they still? Well, they were when I bought a couple. Yeah. So they're normally um, five dollars. Yeah. So it's easily accessible. You know, you don't have mm-hmm. to be a super villain like Elon Musk or Samuel L. Jackson. So here's another question. Mm-hmm. For the hack to continue, does this thing just need to be plugged into the computer continuously, or do you plug it in, it affects the machine, and then you unplug it and you're on your way? 
Uh, that is a good question. I would, I don't know the answer. I would guess that it would stay plugged in. However, uh, well, I guess it would that, have to if it if it impersonates a Ethernet, a network controller, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, as I mentioned, one of its primary tasks is to capture, uh, you know, a bunch of cookies or some for I think like the top million sites on the internet. So if it is plugged in long enough to capture your, you know, quote unquote current session, like if you leave a browser open and then you lock your computer and walk away, everything is still, you could say authenticated with that browser. So if you can plug it in for long enough to get that information, those cookies and send it off to a server, that's you're done. Hmm. So I guess the longer, the better, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a long time. Very interesting. And of course, seeing as, as this device is pretty small, mm-hmm. you could just plug it in behind someone's computer and yep, they probably wouldn't even notice it. Yeah. And um, in the video that I'm going to link from TechSnap, one of the points that um, Alan Jude makes is that in a lot of like stores like CVS or something, their POS systems are, it's just, you know, like a piece of a web interface or something running on a regular computer. So you could, you know, plug it in there if the cashier is not looking. Mm-hmm. And most of mm-hmm. the computers to the back, uh, in back of CU. <laughs> mm-hmm. So and the, that back, that portion is accessible. Yep. So, Very nice. All right. Well, we're gonna definitely gonna have to take a look at that. I have a Raspberry Pi Zero sitting around, not doing shit. So, might have to uh... split some cash registers. Infiltrate. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All right. So, next story we have is there's a hack for the iPhone. So everyone thinks the iPhone's so secure, although we know that's not really true. There's a way to access personal information on the device, even if the device is locked, and it's via Siri. Say what? Siri, give me all of the information. Okay. <laughs> well, let's hear it, Mike. Please summarize. Basically, all you have to do you have to know the person's phone number. So, if it's someone you know, obviously you're going to know their phone number. Even if you don't know their phone number, though, you can just activate Siri on the phone and say, Who am I? And it'll give you its phone number. Was that always a feature? Um, yeah. Hmm. So, then, now they have the steps listed here. I don't want to go through all the steps, but basically there it's only seven steps. I mean it's not that it's not that hard. And you go through these steps and you can start accessing um and what you can do. Well so the demonstration they give, you can select you'll be able to end up being able to select any contact on that iPhone and you'd be able to see any all the previous conversations. Hmm. So, like in the text messages and stuff. Text messages, and um, you'll be able to see their photos. Does it say how? 
Like, if do you say Siri, who am I? Does it like unlock the device, or does it transfer to another iPhone? Or like, no, how you do just, you? You, get you it? just do the who am I? Like, let's say, let's say you know your friend Tom leaves his iPhone on his desk and he goes to lunch, right? Mm-hmm. But it's locked. Or I won't even say your friend, your your coworker Tom, right? Yeah, your work you, friend. <laughs> sure. So you go over to his desk, you pick up his phone, and you would say. But let's say let's say he's your work friend, but you don't you know that's all he is, so you don't even have his cell phone number, right? You can you can activate Siri on the phone from the lock screen, and say who am I? The phone will then tell you its own phone number, right? So it'll say my phone number is da 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 da. Okay. Now this now you have to call their phone. So you call their phone. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and you'll be able to on the once they have it once they see like a um, like a missed call thing on the phone from there you can click the message icon and then you can type in a reply mm-hmm. so they go through a few steps here but basically you can go through a couple steps. You say, you hold, you activate Siri, and then you say turn on voiceover, and then you do this and you do that. So it's a little convoluted, but it's really not that hard. And you can go in, and it'll let you see photos. Because basically, what it ends up doing, it gives you access to the messages part of the phone. Right. And so you can create a new a new um, message. Like you say, I'm going to compose a new message and it's going to say to who, and you would say to Evan, let's say. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it'll show you the past conversations that he's had with Evan. Gotcha. And then also from that same screen, you can say, Oh, I want to send him a photo. So you click that and then it shows all the photos on the phone. Mm-hmm. To what you choose one. So it's like you assume an identity. Uh, much as... And I wish I could be Evan. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Also, I can think of another use for this feature. And they actually you... have a video demonstration here of them doing it. So, If you're a single gentleman who frequents bars and you like to chat up women and they perhaps give you fake numbers to call them, you could just say, uh, can I see your phone for a second? And say, Siri, who am I? And it'll give you the real phone number. I'm sure a woman who just gave you a fake cell phone number be like, yeah, you can see my phone. Here, put it in your hands. <laughs> well, yeah. I get what you're saying, though. This would be, a good, I mean, this is, see, if I, if I could use this to put, like, a dick pic on someone's phone, I would use it for that. <laughs> mm-hmm. If I could get their pictures, like, some, like, like my coworker's phone, who's a dickhead, if I could go on his phone while he's gone, take a massive cock shot, and make it his desktop. Perfect. Like Massive in quotes. In quotes. Yeah. <laughs> Did you come? Oh. <laughs> oh, I love this thing. Anyways. Having a little too much fun, Evan. Interesting, interesting. <clears throat> yep, so I encourage everyone to take a look at the link in the show notes. There's a video there of them doing it. 
So it's pretty interesting. Cool. Next. So you guys have heard of the lighting system called Philips Hue? Mm-hmm. Okay. So those lights work over a wireless technology similar to Wi-Fi, but it's not Wi-Fi. It's uh, actually uses in James. We've I think we've talked about this before. Zigbee. Yeah. So it turns out the Philips Hue lights all use Zigbee to talk. Um. It turns out there's a flaw in the Zigbee implementation that the Hue system uses, and it's only possible because. <clears throat> Zigbee doesn't encrypt all traffic between devices. Researchers have been able to hijack control of light bulbs from almost half a kilometer away. Jesus. Normally, you have to get within a couple centimeters of the light bulb to actually, you know, kind of like take it over, or like pair with it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So half a kilometer away. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Does it does it show you like all of the hue lights within half a kilometer proximity? Uh, that I don't you know. Have to know something about a particular light. I'm not sure. That'd be a fun uh, war driving activity. Yeah. <laughs> just go through a whole neighborhood turning lights off. Uh huh. Or wait till you do it him and turn lights on. Mm-hmm. Or the classic light switch rave. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. And actually, I know someone who just recently got some of these lights at their own house. Although, it's just, you know, they're just installed in lamps and stuff. It's not like... Yep. It's like the whole house or anything. But cool. uh, I, I was actually considering getting some myself. Yeah, me too. Why? Google Just because you can control them from your phone? No, I want them to work with the Google Home. Okay. Uh, for me, it'd be they lights. they work they work with your phone, which is nice. And if you get the fancier ones, you can change the colors mm-hmm. that they emit. So they sell. It turns out they sell three different kinds of bulb. They sell a very basic one. They sell another one where you can change the temperature of the light. Mm-hmm. And then the third one is the is the higher one that you can change the color. Nice, Mike. Are you familiar with the term red light special? <laughs> yes, Messiah's queen. I knew you were. <laughs> this guy, man. Oh, oh, awesome. Oh, that's mm-hmm. that's interesting. Yep, so Philips Hue vulnerable. Good to know. Hopefully they'll they'll be able to update their. They won't. Their lights and. Nope, no chance. <laughs> Not a chance. That's like hopefully the Internet of Things will become secure. Nope. And if they don't update it, I don't think I care. What's the worst thing that can happen? My lights go on and off all the time. I'm not going to worry about that. Plus, mine will be behind a firewall, not on some open wireless <laughs> network. 
Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, wait, Bro. it's Zigbee. Never mind. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Wi-Fi. It's Zigbee, yeah. That's right. Zigbee. Yeah, see, here's the thing. So the, when you buy those lights, they come with a little controller thing. Yeah. And that connects into your network. Yeah. Or wired. It can be Ethernet to your network. Yeah. But, but it's still wireless to the bulbs, right? Yeah, and that, that's, and that's the. That's Zigbee, yeah. Yeah, I have a couple of Zigbees. Yeah. So never never mind. But I, I still don't care. I mean, as long as it does what I want it to do, which is when I walk near the door, when I walk to the house, it turns the lights on. And when I leave out for the day, it turns the lights off. Or when I walk into the kitchen, the bathroom, it turns the lights on or whatever. That's what I want it to do. Oh, so you're going to be living in the future now, huh? I'm, that, that's the goal, dude. Like his Buck Rogers That's and shit. That's the goal, you know. Between that and then having uh, Chromecast audio hooked up to my speaker, my Bluetooth speaker, I'd love it if when I come home, it'd play my theme song. You know? <laughs> I'm not joking. Or like a chick comes over, I have some honey babies. Theme song, James? The mustard man, the mustard man, the mustard man is here. That's right. <laughs> right when I come in, I want to hear that. I want to hear that little bit of nightmare fuel. Um... Yeah, so, um, but yeah, that's, I mean, I think there's a lot of uses for it. Or, like, if my phone's ringing, I'd love to have, not have the phone ring and just see the light alert, you know? Like, there's just so can many things that? you can do with that. Oh, like Absolutely. a deaf person. Absolutely. They can 100% do that. Go to IFTT. Get yourself, if you don't have one yet, get an IFTT account now. It'll change your life. I have, I have two of them. It's great. What is that? If this, then that. Okay. Um, and it's a, it's, it's like a visual programming or devices, uh, and it works great. Um, I have one right now that every time I post a picture on Facebook, a copy is sent to my Google Drive. Or anytime someone tags me in a photograph on Facebook, it goes to my Google Drive in a folder that I haven't looked in in years. I have no idea what's in that folder. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, you can do all kinds of stuff with that. Yeah. Isn't that how our our um, IO panel Facebook page is updated? Yes, that's exactly how that works. Um, and I have one right now that does my phone. So every day at midnight, it turns down the turns down the uh, volume of my phone. Cool. So, so, I, so I don't have to hear the uh, phone ringing. And then again in the morning, it turns the volume back up on the ringer. <clears throat> huh. That's handy. Yeah. I, I think have... your your phone your phone must have that feature on its own though. Uh, it's, if it does, I couldn't find it. It's not easy to find. I have to has it right 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 there straight away. Because, well, my phone has that. Well, your phone is apparently better than mine, Michael. So you can get <laughs> fucked because mine doesn't have anything, any such thing. You can you can schedule. They just call it "Do Not Disturb," and you can schedule it. Yeah, mine doesn't have that. Sure, it does. Nope. All right. All right. So, what do we got next? Looks like we have. Something from Audible? Uh, yeah, I got a few things there. Um, Is that a book name, or do we have a new contract? No, that's, yeah, right. That's a book. Um, <laughs> we we renegotiated the terms, Evan. Yep. <laughs> Every time we mention Audible, we owe them 25 cents. Exactly. Um, no, uh, yeah, this We've is... we damaged their brand. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, this week I was able to get the third... The third part of uh, the, the, and I found out this kind of series is called Lit RPG. So, Literature RPG. 
uh, new contract, uh, third part three of the liter- literature RPG series Perimeter Defense, um, and written by Michael Atamanov. Atamanov, and the book had to be the book was out in September, but it had to be translated from Russian to from English to Russian, and then read. So, uh, uh, read you know had a had read. Not, Is it read in a Russian accent? No, no it's read in English accent. Duh. Read by some, you know, regular American guy. But he does a great job, and it's a great series. I love it. Um, and I'm not going to go into it, but it's a, it's a space opera, basically. Uh, it's definitely worth listening to all of them or reading all of them. Is that an opera performed in space? No, a space yep, just like butter chicken. Like, yeah, just like butter chicken. Yeah, a chicken cooked in a gallon of butter or made of butter. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, it's a great series though. Definitely worth reading if you're into space, uh, space operas. There's there's intrigue. There's women. There's uh, political, political, cool political stuff, not horrible political stuff. Um, How would you compare this to Star Carrier? Star Carrier is more focused on the alien aspect of it. But Star Carrier seems that well, Star Carrier. Star Carrier is just different. It's a different writing style, you know. Um, this is more focused on the intrigues and and political wrangling, you know. That's more where it's focused. There is some fight scenes, some like like ship to ship fighting and stuff like that, but it's more like something that happens and is dealt with, and they, he talks you through it pretty quickly overall, compared to the rest of the book where it might take like several several chapters to wrangle through a certain situation. Um, and lots of people have to get involved and things like that. But it's a good series overall. It's very well done. So, I would say this guy's probably one of my favorite... He, this is like my favorite space series right now. So. Hmm, excellent. I'll definitely have to check that out. And I'll, I also listened to the last uh, A American book, which is called Avenging Home. Uh, I'm still... Fi- I haven't finished it yet, so... I'm listening to that right now. There's no more. I've listened to like six of those. Um, like a psychopath. And I listen to six books in a week, or seven books in a week, in, in about a week and a half. Including Maniac. So, mm-hmm. yeah. If you could uh, tilt your mic a little bit closer to your mouth, that'd be great. Thank oh, you. really? Okay. I'm the ass. Um, it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, so good books all overall. You know, definitely worth checking out. So like, uh, Michael, did you read anything? <clears throat> no, sir. Oh, you got, what's it called last night? You should have read that. Extreme Ownership? Yeah, man. Yeah, I did download it, but I haven't started listening to it yet. Mm. What'd you do all day? Hmm. If you had listened to it, you would have worked harder. I guarantee that. Oh, shit. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> he said, never mind. <laughs> Just keep doing what you're doing, man. <laughs> cool, bro. cool. No, no worries. Yeah. Um, but all yeah, right. That's all I got. Okay. All right. So, and, uh, as we all uh, know, I do not read. Right. It's not entirely true, but whatever. <laughs> in uh, sci-fi here, so I just posted a little article I saw in the Chive the other day. They have a they have an article. If you don't like aliens but you still like sci-fi, check out these movies. 
So these are sci-fi movies that don't involve aliens. Which isn't that really hard to find. I don't know why they're like... They're making it seem like every sci-fi movie's about aliens, which clearly they aren't, especially after seeing this list. But <clears throat> it's just a good list of uh, sci-fi movies to see. There's a few on here that I'd never heard of. So I'm definitely going to be checking some of these out. A lot of these I have heard of and seen. And they are very good. Uh, they mentioned Children of Men, which is a very good movie. Yes. They mention Blindness, which is also a very good movie. Never heard of that one. Is that the one really? with Rugger Howard, where he's like no. walking the town, he's blind? That's Blind Fury. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> which they, they essentially just remade, except not at all, in another movie. I think it's called Don't Scream or something like that, or Don't Breathe. I think it's called Don't Breathe. Yeah. It just came out not too long ago, where it's a blind guy. They go to rob a blind guy, and they get trapped in his house, and he's busy hunting them and killing them. Oh, my God. Even though he's blind. So, yeah, that that, <laughs> that should be a fun one. But uh, Yeah, it's a pretty good list. Have you guys seen Another Earth? No. I've Is that the one that. where the two planets are, like, right next to each other? Yeah, like a second Earth just appears one day? No, I haven't seen that. Okay. Is it good? It's pretty good. It's a little slow, uh, but it is a pretty good movie. But it's like romance and stuff like, right? Uh, that's a minor aspect. Is they, Do they ever delve into the aspects of what would actually happen if a second Earth appeared that, that close to a, real, to a regular Earth? Well, sort of. So it turns out what they do, uh, hopefully this isn't too much of a spoiler, um, but they send an expedition to the other Earth, mm -hmm. and they draw a, you know, a raffle of whether it's like 10 people or 100 people or something like that. And uh, the female main character has her name drawn, and in in the primary, I guess you could say, timeline, she chooses to stay. But at the end of the movie is then confront, confronted by her alternate self who decided to go. Huh. But it's it's a pretty interesting movie. Oh, so it's an alternate reality sort of thing. Um, no. I guess it's a commentary on the choices we all make. Ugh. I don't so, think you would love it, James. So this Mike, is like, might, this, like is, this is like Contact. It's about the duality of man, James. No, it's like it, 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 it jerks you off for like you know two hours to get this to get them into space and to get them to the planet, and then right when you're about to blow, it's like oh the duality of man, you suck, human beings suck. <laughs> There's sure. one in here that sounds interesting called Chronicle. Yes, that's a very good movie. Uh, okay, if, so if the three of us got superpowers, this is exactly what would happen. Oh, it's like one would be a dick. Yeah. One, like two, two of them are like good guys and one goes crazy. <laughs> he's like, fuck this. I have the power. And he's like, I'm going to do whatever I want. So that's what, uh, I think that's what we would be like. Actually going down the list. I've watched half of Mr. Nobody. That was pretty good. Uh, Looper, eh, Moon, pretty good. Yeah, Moon was good. Yeah, uh, Looper was eh. I was kind of yeah. surprised to see it on the list because I'm like, eh, but whatever. Well, the list looks decent in general. Mm -hmm. uh, I, there's a couple on there that I've not seen that I will watch. Oh, uh, there's one here with the uh, 
James's favorite actress, Safety Not Guaranteed. That's a great movie. <laughs> I haven't seen that yet. That's, uh... You should watch it. All right, I'll check it out. Yeah, you'll like that. Is that sci-fi? Yes. Oh, so the guy does have Sci-fi comedy. Does he have powers? No. But he's not a liar. And then they have Sunshine on here, which we actually we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad one. Nope, that is also about the duality of man and the search for a god. <laughs> sort of. Survival, whatnot. Mm-hmm. The Road is on here, which is a very good movie. Yep. Are we a movie podcast now? We might be. Okay. They put Ex Machina on here. Yeah. Which wasn't a bad movie, but I was kind of like, eh. I don't know. I guess I didn't like the ending. <laughs> yeah, it made me mad. What are you laughing at now? I'm a bad person. Yeah. <laughs> On deep infinite levels. So, Michael's link. Okay, for people who listen to this show and go to the show notes, Michael's link is from the Chive. Okay? So, I clicked on Michael's link. I'm looking at the thing. And then in the corner, I see a thing that says... Dude expertly trolls wrong number with Westworld quotes. <laughs> so it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. You know, it's like, what's up, Josh? Never mind. Uh, n- nothing. Uh, M- NMU, whatever that means. Not much. You bored is bored as shit. My father used to say only boring people get bored. He's like, LOL, I guess I'm boring. Will you want to do something? So anyway, he goes on trying to get him to do something. And then he replies with, he says, the guy who's messaging him wrongly says, there's some ponds I want to hit up. Let's go fishing. And the guy says, these violent delights have violent ends. And the guy's like, what? (laughs) And he's like, do you ever question the nature of your reality? And the guy's like, bro, come on, what the hell? (laughs) And uh, he goes on to tell the guy he works at this auto zone. And the guy's like, in Gladwater? And he's like, yeah, sure, Gladwater. And he's like, he's like, there's a deeper level to this game, and I'm going to find it. You know? So then at the end, the guy's like, I'm, he's like, I'm, dude, I'm driving around. There's no Amazon, there's no AutoZone near Gladwater. Where the fuck are you, dude? What the fuck? What? You're wasting my gas, man. Why are you acting like this? And at the end, he's like, this maze isn't meant for you. <laughs> it actually goes on more and more after that, but it's just like, you know, it's funny. Anyway, you have to see Westworld to get these jokes. Nobody here watches Westworld with me, but uh, I think it's pretty hilarious. I'll put the link in the show notes since I've taken away everyone's precious time with this. I've been meaning to watch that show. I just I only watched the first episode so far. But I guess I can log in and just watch those, eh? Yeah, you can. Yep. I gotta get caught up on that, and I gotta get caught up on The Walking Dead. You are allowed to do that in two weeks. Yep. Oh, I didn't say I was going to do it tonight. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You allow it. It's got to be done. Mm -hmm. Okay. So where are we at? Is this me? Yep. Star Citizen. Oh, my gosh. This is like... (laughs) Vaporware. Yeah. (laughs) This is like the fucking, like, pain of my life, you know? Um... Star Citizen, the Star Citizen had their anniversary sale live stream, okay? So right around this time of the year, they cram in about three different events, and they have special sales leading up to and during these events. Um, during 
for a like five minute stretch in the middle of the event, they sold the Javelin Destroyer and the uh, Idris Frigate. Okay, they had five hundred Idrises for sale. They sold out in the Idris all sold out in like five minutes. The jab then they were they were selling Idris for thirteen hundred dollars a pop. They sold out in five minutes. Um, they had. 200 javelins for sale. Those are selling for 2600 a pop. They sold out in five minutes. Okay. I don't know what is like, maybe there's, maybe Chris Roberts has something similar to the brown note that he's pumping through Twitch as guys listen to the show so that they, but instead of pooping, they like just pump, push their wallets into the computer. Um, Honestly, I could care less about this. Like, it'd be cool to have those ships when the game starts, but there's lots of reasons within the own game mechanics not to have those big-ass ships. I'm not even going to discuss that. Probably the biggest letdown for me is uh, about two months ago, they promised FPS before November, and at the end of the year, 3.0. So FPS was 2.6. 3.0 is... uh, 3.0 is... What's 3.0? 3.0 is... Planets you could land on, a larger universe in the test PTU, in the excuse me, the test persistent universe, and a first outlay of jobs, pirating, uh, bounty hunter, all, all the criminal roles and all the heroic type roles were supposed to be available to do for testing. So that means those those things like boarding and all those kind of those kinds of uh, things would be in the game now. Very exciting stuff. So that's what people were waiting for for the end of the year. Well, of course, it's almost the end of November right now, and 2.6 isn't here. The The FPS isn't here. They showed us some FPS gameplay. It looks really nice. I'm not dazzled. I'm not blown away. You know, I'm not an FB, FPS player. But I would have played it, played it, but just looking at them play it, and I think it was the way they sold it. Every time they've showed us FPS game game footage, they've had organized, like they've had guys who have like trained together as a team, like team one and team two, and they've been going playing out this this thing, and they've been working together, and they're like, okay, go left, go right, you know what I mean? And you could hear the commands, and it was like you were watching uh, professional teams play. It was cool. This time. They had a rabble, which was like their community manager from Austin, their community manager from California, a bunch of Twitch streamers, and some people who work there, all playing on different teams. And it was just a fucking rabble. It was a total shit show. And it just wasn't <laughs> cool. It wasn't fun. It wasn't fun to watch. The game, It didn't look good. You know, the gameplay was a fucking letdown. I'll put it in here. I'd love to know what people think. Evan, I'd love to know what you think. I was just let down by it. So that was the first part. They showed, um, they basically showed all the big ships. They've made them. They're done. So the Javelin is basically done. The Idris is basically done. They said they need to put one room in the center of the Idris, and then that's done. Um, The Bengal Carrier, their biggest ship that's not for sale in the game, is done. You know, those are the big blockers for Squadron 42, which is also scheduled to be out this year, um, which is a single-player game. No word on that when that's coming out. Is the game vaporware? No, it's not vaporware, but is is like Chris Roberts and maybe I'll put it this way. 
he should not ever say a date of when something's coming out. Because right now, I work in the Morton Salt Factory, and I am, like, the number one producer of salt in Lure uh, on the East Coast right now. You know? <laughs> I'm so fucking mad. Um, so salty. This is a ridiculous amount. So, uh, I can't even, like, go into, like, explain, like, how I feel about the letdown of not getting basically any new game plan like, four or five months. Um, like, I've done everything the game had to offer six or seven times over. It's just upsetting. Um, Are you an expert now? I'm a, here's the thing, and that's the worst part. I'm an expert in gameplay as it stands right now, but when they do release 2.6, everything will change again. Hmm. You know? It'll be all brand new again, which is nice, I guess, but it's bad because you can't familiarize yourself. You know, uh, you can't get, you can't, like, get yourself ready for when the game finally releases. You can't prep for that moment because everything's constantly changing. It's constantly changing and changing and changing. Um, every time I have to, every time I have to reset up this crazy ass fucking, uh, HOTAS that I have here to control the flight, the flight sticks, because when the game changes, all my settings get deleted and all the settings change around. So it's pretty annoying. Um, is the game bad? Is it vaporware? No. Uh, are they taking really long to make it? Yes. Is it really annoying? Yes. Do they give more updates and information than any other indie game developer out there? Yes. You know, have they done more with no big company help? Yes. You know, are they on a money grab? Yes. <laughs> you know, are they constantly trying to squeeze your pockets? Yes, they are. So they ain't squeezing my pockets. No, they're not. But they're squeezing mine. <laughs> This reason mine, like without knowing it, I've put it. I'm probably like you know, thirteen hundred plus into the hole in this game, you know, uh, from buying ships and then monthly subscription to help support the development of the game. As they say, like I'm just like regurgitating the company line, helps help support the, the development of the game. It's only like ten dollars a month or five dollars a month, whatever. It's not a big deal, but um, it's just kind of like. Okay. Frustrating. It's frustrating. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather them put out either incremental somethings or put out nothing and give me more information. They used to put out a monthly blockers report. Like, here are all the blockers. Here are all the reasons why you haven't seen Star Marine yet. The FPS stuff. Because of this, 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 and that. We're stuck on this. We're stuck on that. You know? Um, and they don't do that anymore. They used to do a... My favorite video series they did, which was called Ten for the Chairman, which is where Chris Roberts or someone else on our team would answer your questions directly about something. You'd learn the most information about the game development process and what they're doing in the game and how mechanics are going to work through that series. They stopped doing that series. Probably because they don't have enough time. Because now it's crunch time and now they're down to the wire. they got to put something out. Anyway, they did show some great stuff at that event. They showed, like, they showed the capital ships. They showed the ship that I recently bought early last year, early this year, called the Caterpillar. It looks fucking amazing, and I can't wait to get it in the game. How many people go in that? Just one? Uh, no, it's like a six-person ship, but it's probably one of the longest ships in the game, in the in its class. So it's probably, let's say, if you were to scale it up to a real-life standard, it'd be. It'd be like the the length of a uh, seven forty seven. You know. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So. Would you say that it has crawled its way into your heart? Uh, 
It's more like burrowed into my <laughs> asshole. <laughs> you know? Because now I'm just like, I got all my chips batted on it. Because it's beautiful. There's no doubt it's beautiful. You know? Um, and they show a lot of functionality with it. It looks really cool. I'll put links. But to it's those. not out yet, right? No, it's not out yet. And I'll put links to those videos in the description so you guys can check it out. Okay. Um, anyway, there'll, there'll be more on this. And there's a link to the whole live stream is here posted on I think It's two hours long if you're interested. And I'll put links to just the individual sections that are covered if you want to skip through and watch that. It's, it should be, that ship should be out in 2.6. So sometime in the next three or four weeks, yeah. they said. Well, no, they said 2.6 should be out in the next three or four weeks. Okay. Cool. Well, um, should we move on to our, uh, for our epic contest? Absolutely. Talk about being fat and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, three months ago, as some of you may know, we, uh, made a wager, $200 each, that, uh, winner take all, at the end of four months, whoever lost the most weight would become a bit richer. So we have one month left. I think it ends December 21st, I believe, somewhere around there. Um, how we doing? <laughs> Good question. I think Mike is still in the lead, but I, I've not seen any new data since the 5th of November, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I also have not updated my own statistics. But surely we are all still fat. Uh, it's going to come down to the wire, folks. Let's try not to destroy ourselves to win. Right. No, I haven't. Uh, I haven't weighed myself. I've been kind of preoccupied with the move and everything here. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I've gone the other direction. At least very much. Yeah. Well, may I suggest you weigh yourself tomorrow morning, post poop, because it takes like ten seconds. Yep. Yep. All right. Very good. Definitely will. James, anything uh -oh. to uh, anything to add? <laughs> uh, I had some low carb uh, uh, LCLMs today. Low carb, low, low pain. No, low carb, low oh. pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, the struggle is real over here, man. I was broke for like a week and just was eating crap and uh, still eating crap, sort of. So, uh, although I'm trying to get, trying to stay keto when I can, but uh, hopefully I'll get back into it this week. But I know I'm not winning this. I know, just so people out there know, the keto, the keto thing is real. It's just, I'm horrible. It is real. Like, I lost, I lost, you know, I don't know couple pounds a couple pounds in the you know a week or so without doing keto chow and i bought a bunch of it i have keto chow michael did keto chow and he was able to do a lot better a lot faster yeah don't you have a month's worth yeah i have a month's worth of keto chow well we have a month left yeah so maybe I'll how convenient perfect it is perfect perfect i know we've all spent almost our entire lives making the wrong choices uh and one month is not going to change anything mm. but it can be the start. It is. So, James, I would suggest tomorrow, on your way home from work, buy some cream, some heavy cream or heavy whipping cream, 
come back home, make a batch, and starting Tuesday morning, keto chow it up. You remember the store Tuesday morning? Let's talk about that. Yes. <laughs> I actually like that store. There's one around here, and one of my uh, old gamer friends used to be a manager at one in uh, Kentucky. I feel that that store has some good finds, but uh, it's like an overstock store. Yeah, it's a little crap in there. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to take take us off there. I was just kind of joking. Um, oh, but yeah. Wah wah. <laughs> Fucking white people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um. Moving on to the extra section, just a couple things I want to talk about. I'm going to talk about them in reverse, actually. Uh, Fart Proudly, a link in there I put, is a a letter from Benjamin Franklin to the Royal Academy of Farting, uh, which advocates the expulsion of wind for health. So basically, fart your brains out. Uh, there's even apparently recommendations in there on how to augment or, or change the smell to perhaps make it more favorable. Um, the first link I have in there is actually an article from early August about a U.S. gymnast named Marissa Dick who created a new gymnastic move to mount the balancing beam in her routine. The technical name of the move is a change leg leap to free cross split sit. However, it is commonly now referred to as the Dick move. That's funny. Yep. So that's all I had. Fair enough. I put a link here, and this goes back to what I was talking about with the GOES-R satellite and Wallops Island. So there's a website <clears throat> that displays all scheduled launches into space. Mm-hmm. It's on the website spaceflightnow.com. I put a link in the show notes there. So this has theoretically all scheduled launches, and this is not just U.S., but all over the place. So this is, you know, things launching from Russia, which usually they happen from Kazakhstan, things from India, things from China, things from French Guiana, um, all over the place. And this is what I was alluding to. It looks like next July there's going to be a launch from Wallops Island and it's going to be a cargo delivery to the International Space Station. Excellent. So, might try to... Get on there ske- as cargo. Ske- yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Schedule, a visit, schedule a visit down there. Um, <laughs> this website is pretty cool, just because it lists all the launches that are coming up. It even has launches here, like there's one here January 26th that is launching from Vandenberg in California. And this one is designated, the launch is designated NROL-79. And in the description here it says, We'll launch a classified spacecraft payload for the U.S. National Reconnaissance Office. Hmm. So... They don't say what it is, but it's a spy satellite. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what are they sending Cheetos to the space station or something? <laughs> yeah, right. It's it's a spy satellite. And if you look in here, like, at least 
at least once a year, if not more often than that, there's something going up for the NRO. Do they have spy satellites to spy on other satellites? Or just terrestrial communication? No, they have... Well, I don't know. They have satellite dishes mm-hmm. here on Earth to try to capture signals that are just being beamed down. Okay. And that's uh, that brings us to that link either you or James sent earlier this week. There's a facility in West Virginia. Oh, yeah. Sugar, Sugar Grove Station or something? Sugar Grove, yeah. Yeah. It's up for sale, by the way, if anyone wants to join us on purchasing a compound there's a couple dozen houses that we'll be auctioning off for exorbitant prices the houses or the uh, oh, we will be yeah yeah <laughs> once we get enough money to purchase the land and the facility as a whole has anyone looked at the auction well it's it's a closed envelope auction so you don't get to see what other people are bidding oh, or opening bids I was actually talking about it with another friend of mine, and um, we're estimating it's probably on the low end, like ten. They're looking for ten, twelve million dollars. Yeah, probably so. Makes sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised, but I thought I did read somewhere that they were they were closing that facility. Yeah, it closed September 2015. Well, there you go. What was that facility, yep. Michael? Uh, so, it so, captured all communications coming in on the east coast of the United States. There you go. It's an echelon site. Really? Yep. Uh-huh. And yep. half of it, or a portion of the site is still active, but um, the portion that we're talking about was shut down a year ago and it's being sold off. It is also one of, it's like a no cell phone site. Yeah, that's, zone or whatever. that's the, it's right in the middle of the national radio quiet zone yeah so people who are kooks move there because they think radio waves are doing something to them so you go there and you know i don't think i don't know if you can't have a cell phone or i'm not sure exactly what the deal is there but all the radios there are either low power or or nothing you know or tin cans with string yeah <laughs> So, that would be enough to keep me out of there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, there's still another Echelon site operating in Washington State, but that's for the West Coast. Yep. And, of course, there's the other ones around the world. But. Mm-hmm. So, but they probably don't even need that anymore just because now they have, you know, now they're capturing everything anyway, right? Yeah. On the Internet and they everything need to else. go through one specific site. Mm-hmm. James, did you uh, want to No, my link, that, that's, the, uh, that's the Alexa link for the uh, Pi. Okay. For asking Alexa about Pi. It's funny. It's a minute, it's 30, you know, minute and 30 seconds out of your life. It's good, fun to watch and listen to her rattle off the numbers like a psychopath. <laughs> to nice. me, this is a glitch, honestly. I think when I, when I listen to it, I'm just like, someone should have been like, Cut up. There should be a simple thing like to me. That's like overlooking that she could do this is like overlooking uh, adding nineteen in front of the year. You know, um, when, when we had the whole year two thousand, uh, we thought, oh, year two thousand, everything's gonna be reset and hosed. It's the same as that to me. Like this is like an obvious thing. They should have been like, 
all numbers round them after so many decimal points. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You don't want to. We don't want Alexa to be in some loop where she's reading off a number that's seven thousand characters long or some 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 such garbage like that. But she yeah. basically does that in this. I wonder if it's just referencing something or if it's actually calculating pi to some certain extent and could be exploited if like 200,000 people asked, it's like, uh, what is pi? That's interesting. And like shuts down a Google data center trying to compute all of it. Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe. I don't know how it does it. I have a feeling Alexa's just like doing a web search. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and not like taxing some AWS server somewhere, but that'd be awesome if she was. Like you DDoS yourself, fucker. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I have nothing else to add. Yeah, me neither. Mike, do you want to take us out? Like, All no, right. not really. <laughs> well, thanks everyone for listening. You can catch us on our website, iopanelpodcast.com. On that website, you'll find all the links to our various social media accounts, including Twitter, Facebook. You can also find us on iTunes, which there's a link on our website, or there's a link to the RSS feed, so you can subscribe directly without going through iTunes. Uh, But you should be able to search for our show and find us on pretty much any podcast service, such as iTunes, or I use a web a, a app called Pocket Cast, so you can find us on there too. And uh, yeah, just hit us up. Thanks a lot for listening. Have a good one.